0: Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Hey, everybody, Chad Madden here with Breakthrough. And today I wanna cover a very important Jim Collins concept with you. And the most common question that I'm hearing uh, from owners around growth is this, w- what should I expect to grow as we're coming out of the pandemic here here in 2021? And most owners, the, the, the most common answer, most frequent answer that I'm hearing is five to 10%. And if you're familiar with Jim Collins' work, Good to Great or Built to Last or any of the other books that he has uh, published, the, and you, you realize the history there, Jim Collins and his group, they're observational uh, business analysts. So they'll take a look at uh, people that perform, businesses that perform far above their peers um, and, and essentially lead the field in their respective industries. So uh, the, one of the key characteristics that he has in there is you know, consistent 20% growth year over year or higher Um, and you know relative to the industry average and if we apply that to physical therapy we know that the industry average is about 6.2 percent at least pre-pandemic and if we want to grow more than that uh, you know it's that same 20 mile march concept from good to great we should be expecting to grow or aim to grow uh, 20 percent per year and again this is for the owner that is thinking about, you know, leaving a legacy, creating an impact in their area. They want to, you know, uh, help change the uh, delivery of medical and healthcare within their community. Help more people in pain get back to normal naturally. Um, it it doesn't necessarily have to be financially driven, although many times, um, or uh, many times that's, uh, you know, something in the background is I want to create a practice of value as recognized in the marketplace as well. Anyhow, want to take the the key concepts that Jim Collins has in that book and focus uh, very specifically on one of those concepts, and that is the hedgehog concept. So I'm going to be sharing my screen here. Uh, If you are listening, I apologize in advance. There we go. So if you're familiar with Good to Great, again, Jim Collins' work, he has this idea of the flywheel, right? And uh, there, there are essentially, the book is broken down into six observations that they have made um, from companies that outperform others. First is level five leadership, uh, which essentially talks about you and you know, your abilities as a leader. Um, the next one is first who then what, that's the importance of you attracting the right people We've all attracted the right people and I'm sure many of us have attracted the wrong one as well. And just think about how that stifles uh, the growth, the impact, uh, the business that you're, you're building, right? So uh, Jim Collins does a, and his group do a nice job with that. Then they go over into disciplined thought which is confront the brutal facts and also this idea of the hedgehog concept. And this is what I wanna focus on Uh, in particular within this session, because this is, uh, I I, I see some pitfalls here that owners get caught up on um, in applying this. So the hedgehog concepts, it it looks something like this. And it's, a. there are three circles basically that overlap in the center. And that center is where we have this hedgehog concept. So the first thing that we can talk about is or at least that Jim Collins asks is, you know, what are you deeply passionate about? So the way that I think about this as a PT is lay out all the different ways that you could possibly deliver physical therapy services. Maybe it's now it's over a Zoom call or telehealth. Maybe it's in a, you know one-to-many situation where you're setting up a subscription or something like that. Maybe you very much like to write, or maybe you're you know a traditional PT and you have an affinity or a liking to working in a certain type of setting, maybe you like peds or acute care or outpatient PT. The next thing that I would think about there is, what diagnosis do you really like working with? So if you wrote down a list of the, your 10 favorite patients of all time uh, to work with, uh, obviously you're gonna keep this confidential, but you're gonna look at that list and, you know, was there something common Uh, About them, you know, maybe it was uh, the demographic of the patient, maybe it was the diagnosis, maybe you just absolutely love working with shoulder and rotator cuff, or women's health and uh, post mastectomy lymphedema, or urinary incontinence, or gait training, or uh, you know, balance and dizziness and vestibular disorders. Whatever that may be, you should identify that for yourself, and if you're an owner, your group. So that's the that first circle. The second circle, and the lower left-hand corner, if you can see this, is what you can be best at uh, in in the world, be the best in the world at. So the key thing is here, and if you go back to the Good to Great book and you read about this, it's what you can be the best in the world at. So it may not be today. Maybe you're not the number one expert in the world today for uh, rotator cuff and shoulder problems, but it's something that you could be the best at, right? So, and you, you're probably going to, you know, want to set something up long term. Obviously, if you're a new grad or you know you're only a few years out of school, it, it would be very difficult to say, you know, today I've done this lifetime of research, three years into my career, and uh, therefore I'm the best at it right now. And, Jim Collins gives you an out. He essentially says, well, you know, it's not today, but this is something that you realistically could be best, the the best in the world at. So, you know, for us, the way that we looked at this at Madden and PT is we changed it to our area because, um, you know, even though we have done some some pretty cool things with SI joint and uh, have had... People fly in from all over the country here to Harrisburg, which is really, really cool. Um, and you know, it, it, it's basically uh, cocktail chatter more than anything else. The, the real question that we asked ourselves in terms of business planning was, what can we be the best in our area? And for us, uh, when I first opened up and was two or three years in, that was back pain. Now, there are some reasons that we decided on back pain. And I'll share that with you here in a little bit. But you want to go through that y- yourself. You know, what, for example, if if you know your area, if your practice, you're working in a practice and you're seeing a ton of rotator cuff patients and you don't really wanna study that. You find yourself studying more spine care and reading spine research, then you know that that would be something that you're not deeply passionate about, rotator cuff, and um, you're not gonna be best in the world at it because you're not really studying that, right? So just think through those concepts as you're building your business. Um, And again, we just narrow it to central Pennsylvania. We just wanna be the best in our area or the best known in our area for very specific uh, diagnoses. And the third circle that is in here is what drives your economic engine. So, and this is a key one because it's easy to falter here and this is probably the area that I see Uh, Therapists failing at when they're doing their business planning. So if, for example, um, you know, at one point we had a woman's health program here in my private practice, we were doing uh, urinary incontinence and also post-mastectomy lymphedema, saw some scleroderma uh, patients in there as well. And we had an excellent physical therapist um, and she retired, right? So we were trying to find a replacement. And during the looking for the replacement, I happened to take a look at the economics of the program because I found that we were spending, we were investing a lot of time um, and thought about how we're gonna keep this program rolling. And for us, you know, the the average incontinence, uh, urinary incontinence patient was coming in for four visits. Sometimes they had an underlying pelvic or a, a lumbopelvic issue that we would address in PT. And that may be another eight visits on average. But for the most part, that average number of visits was four to five. So very low, our lowest uh, income per plan of care. The next thing that, uh, you know, we looked at within the program is, you know, what's our capacity to expand this? The attendance rate wasn't the best. Um, You know, it wasn't really something that we could uh, build our business around. And if I was honest, trying to keep it going was a bit of a distraction from what really was our main thing, which was outpatient orthopedic care, specifically uh, lumbopelvic issues, and also uh, shoulder, right, rotator cuff and shoulder problems. So they were our two wheelhouse that we were deeply passionate about, our therapist uh, were deeply the most passionate about. Um, we could possibly be the best in the world at that. Our therapist on staff had either been uh, published or they were teaching on a national level, other physical therapists, how to treat those problems. We had an excellent reputation within the community for getting uh, positive outcomes for those diagnoses, and they drove our economic economic engine. We could see them um, and still keep our doors open. So that became uh, our focal point, and if if we want to continue down the path of the, the three things that get in the way for physical therapists applying this, number one would be what I just mentioned there, the ignoring the economics. You know, if you're only seeing uh, balance and dizziness, vestibular V patients, VOR patients, vestibular ocular reflex deficit patients for an average of uh, six visits and you know, it's not possible for you to build a business around that. I would not transition my whole business around, uh, you know, that's not my hedgehog uh, concept. That's not one that we can build our business around. And uh, really, hopefully by this point, I've talked enough about the book that you go by the book and you read that chapter around uh, the hedgehog concept, but it's uh, in the book Very quickly, Jim Collins goes through you know, there's the hedge fox, the the hedge fox, the hedgehog, and the fox. And the fox can do a lot of different things. It's very uh, witty and uh, well diversified in its skill set, but it's not the best in the world at any one thing. The hedgehog can do one thing really, really well, and it's defend itself. And it does that by, I believe, um, rolling up in a ball and Uh, I I think that was the concept from the book but it can it focuses on one thing that it does really 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 well right and that's essentially what you want to be not a fox not a master of all Uh, you want to be the best in your area at one thing so first big uh, mistake is ignoring the economics you know we talked about that for applying that with in my case women's health or balance and dizziness uh, vestibular issues the second big mistake that I see is uh, too many specialties. So vague. I'm going to be the best in the world at everything. And frequently what will happen here, this is usually uh, somebody earlier on their private practice journey. Um, they, w- What they do is they don't really think through um, the benefits of focusing on one area. So what are those benefits? Well, I alluded to earlier, I'm going to tell you the story about back pain and how we came to specialize in that and uh, here it is. So when I first opened up, uh, Pennsylvania did not have direct access yet. We were 100% reliant on physician referrals and in going around and talking with 300 plus doctors, uh, the thing that came back that they referred to PT the most for more than 50% of the time was back pain, right? So why would I try to change that? And then when I talked with uh, other therapists in our area or my colleagues, what do you least like to treat? Number one was back pain. That to me just screamed opportunity. And I liked it. I, I had an interest there. Um, a, a back injury is what got me involved in uh, physical therapy back when I was uh, 17 years old and sparked an interest there. Um, I, I liked it and you know, started uh, while I was uh, at College Misericordia, now Misericordia University, going through the program there and took advanced spine studies and uh, just had an interest there. Um, and so as I went along and I heard more and more therapists, uh, you know, did not particularly enjoy the enigma of back, solving the enigma of back pain, that's, that really sparked my interest. And um, I, I, I just recognized that would, that was something that I could uh, develop over time. So as we've gone along, however, um, I, you know, especially with our therapist, we've attracted other therapists that have. Various specialties in outpatient orthopedics. So, not just back pain, although I would say all of our therapists are trained in the same systems and concepts uh, that I came up in, and they've taken it much farther in their practicing careers than uh, w- what I ever did. Um, and then, you know, we branched out into other areas as well. Rotator cuff and shoulder problems are very easy to go to the general public with. It's because there's not a lot of competition. There, it's kind of that uh, blue ocean strategy concept, right? Where, uh, you know, back pain, there's a lot of competition in our area. Nobody's advertising that they specialize in uh, rotator cuff and shoulder problems. Same thing with knee. So we branched out as we went along, but we started with, you know, one pin. One, the main pin to knock down for us was focus on a specialty. We did that for 10 years before we branched out and said that we were doing Um, anything else. So we focused on that for a long time. We got known for that, and then we started adding uh, advertising for other programs. So problem number two is too many specialties. Uh, Problem number three is no grit with a decision. So it kind of falls into, you know, too many specialties, just every month changing what you're the best in your area at. Um, We, there's some grit involved here. And grit means uh, perseverance, your ability to stick to it. Uh, and it's very easy. And I see owners doing this too often where they'll chase the shiny object, right? Somebody in their area or a friend that they know is getting really good results with a golf performance program. So they jump over to that. And by the way, we, we have a, a former therapist who worked with us here for eight and a half years, Andrew Dulac. He went off and he, st- he is doing 100%. Uh, golf performance right now, and loves it. He is the best in his area at it. Um, really, really knows everything in there well. Uh, you know, he Andrew has his own hedgehog here, and uh, is doing well because of that. So I'm not. Please, as I'm going through here and giving examples of diagnoses, I'm not saying anyone is wrong. But when you you start rolling this out, and you know, you go down the path of I want to be the best in my area at golf performance. And then two months later we're having another conversation now you want to be the best in the world at uh foot pain and orthotics and then two months after that now it's uh cervicogenic headaches And then two months after that it's acl prevention that's a bit much and again what owners will see is they'll they'll chase that shiny object because they hear somebody else is doing really well with it and um that that has to stop at at least has to stop for you to be the best in the world at, you know, you're going to have to focus in an area, especially to create some marketing, um, effective marketing. You're going to have to focus on uh, one thing just to, just to get rolling. Um, You can always branch out and add in the future, but what is the primary thing that you want to attract people into your clinic for? No. And you really have to decide that because uh, just simply repeating the same message um, and offering value is very powerful. And, and here's the idea, let's say over the next year, uh, you and I have an agreement, we're gonna to commit to creating 100 videos of uh, delivering tremendous content around, you know, uh, hundred simple to do exercises for a specific problem. And let's say we choose to do rotator cuff and shoulder Naturally, so we start down that path, and seven videos in, we say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, This is getting kind of stale. Not really taking off like we wanted. What we're going to do is we're going to switch over to knee pain, and then we do that for a a few times, and then we switch over to uh, hip pain, and then we switch over to another problem, and we just keep going. And you know, we never really focus all that power in one area, or what, what happens if we stuck it through, right? What, what happens if we delivered 100 uh, simple exercise videos all about answering uh, problems that people have with their shoulders? So we would do you know, simple exercise uh, for shoulder pain while you're sleeping, simple exercise for shoulder pain um, when you're reaching overhead, simple exercise for shoulder pain when you're reaching behind your back. And we just went on and on focused on shoulder pain. Now, if you were doing research and you had shoulder pain in my area and you found that I had, you know, 100 videos that we had created, 100 videos that were out there, which one do you think, you know, you, you would be more proactive to the therapist that uh, was well diversified and touched on all bases and 87 different orthopedic problems, or the one that did nothing but talked about uh, rotator cuff and shoulder problems for the past year? I know which one I would go to, right? If it's you or your kids, you'd like to see a specialist. Um, It doesn't mean you can't see back pain. It doesn't mean you can't help, you know, treat somebody with uh, a lymphedema issue or another problem. It just means that you've identified what your specialty is and you are maximizing that and focused on that in your marketing. Again, what will happen occasionally is uh, somebody will take a look at us, um, you know, right now or just as I'm recording this, we're right around 1400 visits a week. Uh, we have six locations, uh, about 20 uh, DPTs. And somebody will say, yeah, but you know, you advertise back pain and rotator cuff and knee problems uh, and arthritis on a rotation. Well, we didn't start like that, right? We started with this Jim Collins concept Um, long ago, focused on one thing beginning, you know, back in 2003, 2004, and then expanded from there. That's what I believe you should do as well. And then once you become known really well for doing one thing, if you want to add something else and it doesn't distract and it answers, you know, those other questions, you and your group are deeply passionate about it and it drives your economic engine then fantastic. Feel free to add it in. But right now, if you haven't done this already and you're scattered and your marketing message is scattered for too many different things, it's time to focus on one.